Um, now it's time to dive into the content for this morning. We're closing up a series that has been called, help me out, what's it called? Awkward. Y'all, we like fun names, like fake news and awkward. Awkward. And this series has been all about handling some of the awkward things that come up in church. Anybody ever felt awkward in church? Mm-hmm. Everybody then felt awkward in church. Week one, I talked about meeting together and how so many times, especially if you are kind of a to-yourself person, meeting together, big environments like this can be a little bit awkward. Amen. And so what we talked about in that message was why do we meet together? The Bible says that we meet together to meet with him. We meet together to encourage our, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And we meet together for accountability. And so when we're meeting together for him to encourage one another and for accountability, it makes things a lot less awkward. Amen. And so make sure to put that into practice in your life. The second week, I had a, a good friend of mine come and speak to you. And he talked about an awkward battle in the Bible. It was a guy named Benaiah that jumped into a pit on a snowy day and whooped up on a lion and killed the lion. And he talked about that. Last week, I talked about gently rebuking. Anybody remember that? Amen. Anybody have to put any of that into practice the last week? I got hands barely going up. <laughs> Like, yeah, we, listen, we talked about how, how, how many of y'all know when you got to go and you got to rebuke somebody, you got to have some hard conversations, that gets awkward. And so last week, if you missed that and you want to check that out, you can check it out online. But now we're jumping into this morning. And as we get ready for this morning, I wanted to go over a couple more awkward times in church. You ready? So when I get finished with it, everybody's going to say, that's awkward. Let's practice. Everybody say, that's awkward. Okay, so here we go. The pastor's preaching. <laughs> Hang on now. It depends on the pastor on if it's awkward or not. All right. So the pastor's preaching and he, as he's preaching, you're beginning to get a little bit convicted. You know what I'm saying? Anybody ever been there? Like, man, preach it, man. He preaching to me today. And then it's, it's getting to the point where you're like, is he reading, like, is he reading my text messages? Like, what's going on? So you're like thinking to this, you're think, thinking, oh man, uh, you know, how did pastor know all these things about me? And then you look up and about that time, you and preacher man make eye contact. Everybody say, that's awkward. Okay, next one, another awkward moment in church. Anybody have that person? I'm sure all of us do, that you go and you shake their hand every week and you love on them and you know their face really well. It's been like a year that you've been doing this and you still don't know their name. <laughs> so, so you can't ask them their name because you've been shaking their hand for like six months. And so what you're like, you get some kind of little, little social anxiety uh, when, when they come up because they're like, oh, God, please don't ask, you know. Yeah, hey, how are you, man? It's great. How's your family doing? You know their son's name. You just don't know their name. And I said, that's awkward, amen? And then the last one, this one's fun, y'all. How about when it's in the middle of worship service and you're standing, you're worshiping, you're trying to worship, and you're standing right in front of that person they're right behind you. And they think it's their job in the worship service to sing three octaves higher than the entire band. <laughs> so you're worshiping, but you're having a real time, hard time worshiping because the old lady or old dude right here is like, they, I mean, they're just screaming it out as loud as they can. So your hands come down. You're like, dang, can they just be quiet? Come on, Lord. 
You shut the mouth of the lions. Can you shut their mouth in the name of Jesus? And then you just kind of turn around, look at the back door, and you make eye contact. Everybody say, that's awkward. First of all, them screaming in your ears awkward. But second of all, making eye contact makes it real awkward. You, amen. Amen. I'm going to leave that alone. We're going to move on. So today we're talking about one of the most crucial parts of being involved in a family. Because I believe church is a family and it should be a family of believers. And sometimes that can get awkward. But it's so extremely important, the topic that we're talking about today. And we're going to dig into it. The title of the message, if you're taking notes, is Bearing Each Other's Burdens. Bearing Each Other's Burdens. Somebody say, that's awkward. It can be very awkward. Amen? Our scripture that we theme this message behind is this. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 2. It says, share each other's burdens. Look at this. It's so powerful. In this way, obey the law of Christ. And we're going to dig into that a little bit later. The, the law of Christ. How are we obeying the law of Christ? But l- let me share that one more time. Share each other's burdens. And in this way, obey the law of Christ. You know, in order to share something, it's not just give, 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 but it's give and take. If we're going to share, then it is a give and take relationship. If you have an abundance and God's blessed you with an abundance, then sometimes you are called to share and to give. Amen. But listen to me, everybody gets down on their luck sometimes. And so at some point, it's not just about giving, 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 but sometimes you got to be okay with receiving and taking. And as people of God, we should never be too prideful to give, but we should also never be too prideful to take and receive a blessing from God. That's why God has put us together as a family. Because he's put people together that he's blessed them to give, to be able to help others in the family that need to receive. Amen. You guys are quiet this morning. Listen, it's give and take and give and take. Let me give you an example. When I was 16 years old, uh, my, my dad came to me and my brother and he said, hey, why don't we buy a jet ski together? I said, okay, what's that look like? Well, we found a jet ski. It's like $4,500. He's like, hey, what if we all pitched in? We, we paid a third of it and it's, we share it. And so that first summer, I really wanted to take the jet ski to the lake every single week. But the jet ski's only a third mine. So I can't take it every weekend. You know what I'm saying? So what we had to do is we had to, we had to form a give and take relationship. At some times I got to take and it was taking times I was happy to take. But sometimes I got to give. And in order for them to be able to receive the blessing of having that jet ski, they had to be able to take also. Somebody say amen. So that's what it looks like. Y'all stop texting me. So what this looks like practically, y'all, and what the church across the world should look like, listen to me, we should be one big family that is taking care of each other. Listen to me, church, I want to share with you some of Clawson's heart. Do you know why we spend thousands, thousands and thousands of dollars on food for people that are hungry? Do you know why we spend thousands of dollars on nine buses and bus routes and diesel and insurance to cover all of that? Do you know why we spend thousands of dollars on crawfish? Do you know why we right now are making plans to build a community center to help our community? Do you know why? Can I share with you why? 
Here's why. Because we believe this scripture. We believe that the Bible says that we are supposed to share each other's burdens and meeting the needs of people is what the Bible says. When we do that, we are obeying the law of Jesus Christ. Now, obviously, a huge part of people's burdens is physical burdens. Anybody ever been there? What do you need? I need food. I need gas money. I just need money. I need bills paid. I need a place to stay. I need a roof over my head. But that's not even the biggest of the burdens. When the Bible says share each other's burdens, it's not just talking about physical burdens. It's talking about spiritual burdens. It's talking about emotional burdens. It's talking about mental burdens. And so what that looks like is when we have physical burdens that we need to meet, we meet the physical burdens. But then how do we also meet the spiritual burdens? How do we meet the emotional burdens and the mental burdens? The reason that we put together a mentorship that Jordan was talking about, Pastor Jordan was talking about. Listen, I've got text message after text message after text message of people that were asking me, can somebody just help me with next steps? Can somebody help me to get connected? And so me and Pastor Jordan put together a mentorship. You know why we put together a mentorship? Because there's this burden of people that need to get connected into the family of Jesus Christ. And if they can just get connected, then they can grow and they can mature and they can move forward. Take advantage of those things. Amen? Spiritual maturity does not happen on Sunday mornings. Sunday morning is where you, you get to get your worship on. You get to gain some new insights and new knowledge. But spiritual maturity is what happens every single day in your walk with Jesus. Amen. And if you're not having spiritual maturity every single day in your walk with Jesus, then you ain't becoming mature. Amen? As we dig into this message, I want to share with you three simple points on why we bear each other's burdens. Oh, this is I believe that this is good stuff. Why do we bear each other's burdens? Number one, we bear each other's burdens because we're doing it for the Lord. I know that sounds very cliche. Okay, well, we're doing it for the Lord. Let's, let's, let's dive into this. I want to read y'all scripture, uh, some verses of scripture. And I want you to keep in mind that in this scripture, it's Matthew chapter 25, if you want to turn with me there. In this scripture, Jesus is talking about separating his people from people that are not his people. And what it looks like to be his people and what it looks like to not be his people. And this is the elaboration that he gives. Matthew 25, I'm going to read verses 34 to 40. It says, then the king will say to those on his right. Everybody say, that's his people. So Jesus will say, the king will say to, to his people, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Listen to this. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Verse 37, they don't have any idea what he's even talking about. Then these righteous ones, everybody say his people, will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Y'all, that is so powerful. That scripture should shed light on what is important to the church of God. 
And that scripture should shed light on what is important to the people of God, to the believers in my personal life, in my church life. What is important to me? Can I tell you where our priorities should not be? And then we can kind of go with what's important to us. What our priorities should not be, our priorities should not be our church. That stinks. I love my church. But that's not my priority. Our priorities should not be all these crazy lights that are going on. Our priority should not be having the coolest youth group or the coolest, you know, kids ministry in, in all of Lufkin. Our priority should not be um, the, the, the awesome worship band that we have or how big we can make this building or how cushiony are the chairs or, you know, all of, those should never be our priority because our priority should never be us. Those things are great. I love those things. And at Clawson, we are blessed with some cool lights. And we're blessed with a great youth group and we're blessed with some awesome kids ministry and we're blessed, in my opinion, with the greatest band in hundreds of miles. Amen. Amen. Those guys are awesome. We're blessed with those things, but those things are not our priority and should never be our priority. Our priority should never be ourselves at all. It should be all about him and what he told us to do. You know what Jesus told us to do? He didn't tell us to make cool buildings. He didn't tell us to have cool lighting. He didn't tell us to, to dance around during worship. He didn't tell us, oh, those things are awesome. I love all of those things. But what Jesus told us to do was to make disciples. What Jesus told us to do is to share and preach his gospel in his name and show his love around the world. And what he told us to do was share each other's burdens. And when you share each other's burdens, then you're doing what I told you to do. Man, I want you to notice too what Jesus calls those people. Jesus calls the people that probably lots of us would be tempted to call them like the down and outs or the people that are struggling or, you know, the, the whatever it is that we would be tempted to call them. You know what Jesus calls them? He says, the least of these, my brothers and sisters. I should never view anyone in a way that is not a brother and a sister of Jesus Christ. My brothers and my sisters, when you bear their burdens, when you build them up, when you show love to the least of these, when you feed them and when you give them drink and when you visit them and when you give them clothing, when you do those things, you're doing it to my brothers and my sisters. Can I tell you something? When we view people as brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ, it changes how we think about them. And it changes what we, we will allow to do for them. And you guys are quiet today. I, want, I do want to say too, y'all, there's a fine line between empowering people and enabling people. And it's a line that you got to be careful with. Amen? Amen. What we don't want to do is we don't want to enable people to continue stupidity. Amen? What we do want to do is we want to empower people to move forward in their walk with Jesus. So what does that look like? Because that's complicated. That's, that's a very, very tough line to walk. Here's I want to give you some encouragement. His name is the Holy Spirit. And the, the more that we listen to the Holy Spirit, the more that he allows us to discern what is going on with people and how to help them. 
can I tell you our policy at the church? Our policy is that no one that comes in and asks for something leaves empty handed. No one. If you come into the closet and you ask for something, you're going to get something. Now, depending on what you're going to get is depending on the discernment that we have when you share your story. I ask lots of questions. Why? Because I'm discerning, is this person just trying to get some, some dope money or is this person hungry or is this, you know, what I'm discerning what's going on with this person so that I can know how to help them. So if I'm discerning that maybe what they're looking for is dope money, then I'm going to feed them. I'm going to try to buy them uh, some food. I'm going to give them a, a hotel to stay in for the night, but I'm not going to give them money. So how do you empower people and not enable people? Clausen, can I tell you, in your personal life, you should be looking for people to empower. You should be looking for people to bless. You should be looking for people that you can take off some of their burden because when you take off somebody else's burden, it's literally Jesus taking off their burden and it's you being Jesus to them. You say, Pastor, I don't know how to share the gospel. Yes, you do. You bless people. And when you bless people, you're showing them the gospel. You're being Jesus to them. That's more powerful than anything you can say. So why is it important that we bear burdens? Number one, because we're doing it for the Lord. Number two in your notes is this. We bear each other's burdens because it is proof to the world that we follow him. You know, anybody can talk the talk. I've met some people, they got a good talk. Amen? But not everybody walks the walk. And that's why so many churches, so many Christians have got a bad name because so many people talk in the talk and they don't walk the walk. So when we're showing the love of Christ and we are bearing others' burdens, that is literally us walking out our faith in him. Look at this scripture with me. You don't believe me? John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. Here's what it says. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Everybody say new commandment. Here's what it says. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Our love for each other proves to the world that we are his disciples. It's not the clothes that I wear. It's not how holy I can look. It's not how well I can memorize the scriptures in this book. I prove myself and my faith in Jesus Christ. And I prove his reality and his realness by the way that I love people. And that's it, y'all. Amen? Y'all are still quiet. Can I just say, y'all, the best example that I've ever seen of a church that is following that most beautifully was probably in Cuba. Y'all, Cuba was awesome. I, was, I've, I cried lots of tears because we're not going back to Cuba this year. But Cuba in Cuba, they view church. I call Clawson, Clawson family, family, family. Everything's family because I want it to be. You know why? Because Cuba is like family they got like 200 and something people in their church and they are like family. I'm babysitting your kids, your baby, like family. I've never seen anything like it. Bearing each other's burdens is literally what they do. So let me show you some pictures of the Cuba church real quick that we, we uh, so y'all check this out. This is their building. Now I want you to notice a few things. Number one, they don't have any cool lighting. <laughs> Number two, um, those chairs do not look very comfortable. Number three, 
I don't know if y'all noticed, but there are no air-conditioned vents at all in that church. And if you think that it's hot in Texas, go to Cuba. Because it's just as hot, if not hotter, in Cuba. When, when I pre preached in Cuba, it literally turned my shirt a different color. Like my, the sweat was so much that it turned my, my shirt a different color. It looked like a different color shirt. Uh, but okay, go to the next one. Hey, I wanted to share with y'all. Y'all see this building? This is, this is the building that they have. Can I say, y'all, since I'm preaching bearing each other's burdens, you guys built that building. Isn't that cool? You bared those burdens. You built that building so that they could have church. They were having church in like this, this outside. It didn't even have any walls. Uh, there was, you know, it had a, a ceiling and a stage and that was about it. Uh, you built that building so that they could be blessed even more. You bared on their burdens. But I just want to say, as, as far as a, a, a church that's doing it and walking it the right way in Cuba, in Cuba, they, they, I don't even speak the same language that they speak. And I could tell by their actions and the way that they treated each other and the way that they loved each other that they had the bearing burdens thing down. They had the family thing down. And what I took away from being in Cuba is that we need to be more like that. What? Our priorities doesn't need to be how hot or cold it is in here. Our priorities needs to be each other and getting more people into the family so that they can also share in and have that love. Jesus' whole ministry was showing the importance of love. Matter of fact, he made this our highest goal. We represent him right, and we, re we represent him the right way, and we carry him the right way only when we love the right way. Now, I wanna show you a story that he gives. It's a parable. Probably most of you know this parable or you've heard of this parable, but it's called the parable of the, the Good Samaritan. If you wanna read along with me, Luke chapter 10 and verse 30. Here we go. I love this story. It says, Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him up and they left him for dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed over to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant came along and walked over and looked at him lying there. But he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan. Everybody say despised Samaritan. The lowest of the low, the worst of the worst. That guy comes by and here's what Jesus says. He saw the man and he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them up. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, then I'll pay you when I get back. Verse 36. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. And the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Now, listen to me. Can I just say that the church so many times gets so caught up on law? We do. Law, you could say religion, you could say tradition. We get so caught up. Can we do this? Should we do this? Is this a sin for me to do this? Is that person really holy? Could I consider them holy? Should he have said that? Should they have ate that? Should they have drank that? Men shouldn't have long hair. Women shouldn't have short hair. Listen, the list just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Amen. 
We get so caught up on law. And you know what happens when we get caught up on law? Here's what happens. We become and we look like the priest and the temple assistant in the story. Y'all, that hurts. When we get caught up on all the things that are stupid and doesn't make any difference. And we get caught up like those guys. And Jesus says, I don't want you to go and act like those guys. I want you to go and act like the despised Samaritan. I want you to go and prove by your actions who you really are. When that is our focus, then we're doing something right. Amen. If we want to prove to the world that we are disciples of Jesus Christ, the only way to do that is the way that we love. Jesus doesn't reward religion and he doesn't reward tradition. He rewards love. That's what the Bible says. So number one, we bear each other's burdens because we are doing it for the Lord. Number two, we bear each other's burdens because it is our proof to the world that we follow the Lord. Number three, we bear each other's burdens because it's half of our mission from Jesus. Real quick, I wanna go over our whole mission from Jesus. Y'all ready? Matthew chapter 22. I know I've read a lot of scripture, but scripture's how we learn and how we gain insight. Verses 34 through 40, here's what it says. When the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied this. Listen, this is so powerful. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Secondly, a second is equally important. Equally important is loving God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And here's what he said. Love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. Now look at verse 40. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now the scripture that we read earlier, Galatians chapter six said, share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. We're obeying the law of Christ because the law of Christ is literally these two pieces. Love God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. Love God the way that the Bible shows us that we're supposed to love God. And after you get that one down, then love people. Repeat after me, love God and love people. That is literally the law of Jesus Christ. That is where we should be focused. That is what our priority should be. And when that is our focus and when that is where our priority is, can I tell you that you get ridiculously effective for Jesus? Let me give you one more scripture and then I'm gonna close this out. First John chapter four, verses 19 and 20. It says, we love each other because he loved us first. Now listen to this. If someone says, I love God, but hates a fellow believer, that person's a liar. If we don't love people who we can see, how can we love God who we can't see? <laughs> and he has given us this command. Those who love God must also love fellow believers. You know the reason that we are capable of loving people the way that Jesus loves us? 
It's because he loved us first. That's what that scripture said. Because he loved us first. And because he loved us first and he died for us, he was able to put his love and put himself inside of us. So the way that I can love people the same way that Jesus loved me is because Jesus is literally living in me. And when I allow Jesus to come out of me, the way that he comes out of me is in the form of love. Sometimes I allow Josh to come out of me. (laughs) Anybody else? Y'all gonna be honest this morning? And a lot of times when it's Josh and it's not Jesus, it's not quite in the form of love. But listen, Jesus said, if we can't love people that we can see, how could you possibly think that you can love God that you can't see? We show Jesus, we share Jesus by sharing each other's burdens, by loving each other. I'm just gonna be blunt with you this morning. If you're not living in love, if you're not loving each other, his brothers and his sisters and bearing the burdens of others, the Bible says that we're literally ignoring half of what he asked us to do. And Jesus actually called us liars. That's tough, y'all. I didn't say that. That was Jesus. You can't blame me for that one. We're required to follow the law. And the law that we are required to follow is love God and love people. And when we do those things, when I love God the way the Bible tells me to love God and I love people like Jesus loved people, literally, I don't have to worry about the rest of the law because I'm literally fulfilling it in my life. Man, you guys are quiet today. Would you stand with me this morning? Worship team, I'm gonna ask you guys to step out and come join me up on the stage. You guys can begin to play. And as we're getting ready to close, altar team, would you guys step out and would you come join me up in the front? In just a minute, we're gonna have a lot of fun, y'all. We're gonna eat some crawfish. We're gonna share fun stories. We're gonna get to know each other. We're gonna encourage our brothers and sisters like the Bible tells us to. But I'm asking you, before we get there, would you hang out in here with me for one song? Can we stay for one song? Can we love on the Lord for one song? Can we allow the Holy Spirit to do whatever it is literally that he wants to do and not rush to go do something that actually doesn't really matter? So here's what I'm gonna ask. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Share your burdens with each other and this way obey the law of Christ. In just a minute, when we begin to play this song, if you're here today, and you're carrying some heavy burdens. We wanna share that burden with you. If you're here today, emotionally, physically, mentally, you're struggling spiritually, you're struggling and you need God to do something in you, you need some strength or you need some healing or you need some wisdom or you need some discernment, whatever that looks like. If you need somebody or you want somebody to pray with you and share that burden with you in just a moment, I'm gonna ask you to come when they start playing this song. Listen, if you're here this morning and you know that you're not in right relationship with Jesus Christ, you're not walking it out. Maybe you got a big talk. Maybe you don't have any talk. But you know that your walk is not where it needs to be with Jesus Christ. You don't have a relationship with him. And this morning you want to give yourself to him and allow him to change you. 
In just a second, when they start to play, would you step out and would you come? If you're here and you say, Pastor, I just need a spiritual boost. I need, I need to be prayed over and just to get filled up with the Holy Spirit and just get a boost. In just a second, I'm going to ask you to come. Or maybe you're here and you just want to spend some alone time with Jesus. Get away from everyone else. Find a spot at the altar or on the stairs or in the back of the room or whatever that looks like. Can we just hang out for one song right now? If you need prayer, if you want somebody to join with you and pray with you and help you to bear your burdens, if you need something from God, would you step out and would you come right now? Let's sing this song.